My name is Keith Beavers, and I found out the voices of Mickey and Minnie, the people actually got married and were married for 18 years. What were the vows like? What's going on, wine lovers from the Vine Parent Podcasting Studios? This is the Wine 101 Podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I am the tastings director of Vine Pair. Hi. We're sticking around Bordeaux. We're going a little bit south, and we're getting to some place that's different than everything else we've talked about in Bordeaux, full stop. It's sweet wine. It's called Sauterne. Let's get into it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by The Language of Yes, a love letter to Southern France sent from California. Pioneering winemaker Randall Graham's vision leads this old world, new world winemaking tribute with traditional winemaking methods like pestiolage, post-harvest drying. This imparts notes of crushed lavender, rosemary, and sage to the Syrah and hints of strawberry rhubarb in the Grenache. These wines scored high with critics. To try Language of Yes, Grenache, and Syrah, visit thebarrelroom.com. So I'm pretty sure I've said this a bunch of times, but throughout my career in wine, when I talk to winemakers, one of the things I hear the most is that winemaking starts in the vineyard. And over these past three seasons, it kind of makes sense, right? With all the crazy agriculture going on and how wine is so tied to nature and agriculture more than any other product we have in the alcohol space. Well, One of the things about vineyards also we've talked about in the past is the challenges that the climate and other pests and fungi and all these diseases are for winemakers. And a lot of those, there's a very long list of fungi that can almost destroy a vineyard. But there's this one fungus, this one fungus that seems to be benevolent, if you will, but only if the conditions are right. This is so crazy. Nature is just so amazing. And in wine, it shows itself to be just the most, it's so fascinating. Imagine this. You have vineyards in a temperate climate, let's say, surrounded by some bodies of water. And in the early morning hours, a fog sets in. This fog is going to be around until, until like the late morning when the sun rises and burns it off. But during those early, early morning hours, that fog encourages the activation of spores of a fungus called Botrytis cinera. And in random, unpredictable, and intermittent fashion, This fungus spreads through the bunches of grapes and vineyards and begins to infect the healthy grapes on the vine. These are white wine grapes, let's say. And as this fungus penetrates the skin of these grapes, little brown spots show up on the berries. These little brown spots are called filaments. And what's really amazing about that is now that the fungus is inside the grape, These little brown filaments protect the grape from any other damaging microorganisms from entering into the berry while this fungus does its work. And as this happens, 
over a 5, 10, or 15-day period. These white grapes turn golden, and then a sort of purple, light purplish, sometimes people say pink, and then they turn brown. And as they turn brown, they begin to shrivel to the point where a bunch, one bunch of grapes looks like it's halfway to a raisin, but still kind of moist. It's kind of gross looking. And in addition to that, the grapes or the grape bunch form this powdery ash-like substance over the grapes that gives this fungus the name Cinera, Botrytis Cinera, Cinera, Ash, it's Latin. And because of the work of this fungus, and also because of the skins being deteriorated, the grape loses more than half of its water. Not only that, but the sugar content in the grape, which the fungus is feeding on, reduces by a third or more. And the acidity, the natural acidity inside of the grape, that reduces by 70%. But while it's consuming these sugars, and while it's consuming these acids, it's producing other compounds. Now, imagine taking all of those shriveled, sugar-concentrated, low-moisture grapes and turning that into wine. What you get, wine lovers, is a very sweet wine. And that is what we're talking about today. Because in Bordeaux, as the Gironde estuary splits off into two rivers, the northern being the Dordogne, the southern being the Garonne, and as the Garonne has its own tributary that splits off in a river called the Ciron, that landmass right there has five communes. Sauternes, Barsac, Preignac, Baume, and Farg. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of those correctly, but those five communes in that landmass between these two rivers is a certain kind of microclimate that allows for Botrytis cinera to develop in such a way that this became its own wine region, its own AOC called the Sauternes AOC. And in this place, unlike any real wine region in France or even the world, is primarily wine made from noble rot. Noble rot is the term given to Botrytis cinera because these grapes, which we'll talk about in a second, and this fungus can create some of the most stunning, age-worthy, long-lived sweet wines in the world. And this wine is very important to this part of France, so much that if you go back and listen to the Bordeaux episode from season one, where I break down the entire Appalachian system of Bordeaux, this area is extremely important. This is where Chateau Yquem is, which is some of the most famous wine in the world. Thomas Jefferson in the 18th century was buying Sauternes from Chateau Yquem, which is located in the commune of Sauternes. I find this so fascinating. Some of the famous wine regions in France, Burgundy, this, the chaotic soil means that from one climat to another, wines can change. Champagne, the weather conditions are very challenging, but they make amazing sparkling wine from that. Bordeaux, they had to drain the actual estuary and create these piles of gravel 
soil that eventually became the terroir of Bordeaux. So turn an AOC between two rivers that has this natural climate that basically forces winemakers to make wine this way. The origin of this style of wine is pretty murky, but when Thomas Jefferson was buying wine from there, it was very established at that time. There are records kind of going back to the 17th century, but they're kind of, they're not 100% accurate. So this has been going on for a while, but this kind of natural occurrence makes sense that they've been making wine this way. I just wonder who made the decision, let's just make this wine and see what happens. And it turned out to be incredible. Wines that can age for 50 years. And the thing about Botrytis Cinera is that the varieties that are most susceptible to this fungus are varieties that create bunches where the grapes are kind of mashed up and close to each other. Sort of like when we talk about Pinot Noir and how susceptible that is to all kinds of fungi. Well, other varieties like Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Gris, and Muscadel are also susceptible to this fungus. That's why across the over 4,000 acres under vine and these five communes, the majority of the varieties are Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Gris, and Muscadel. Muscadel is not as popular as it once was, but the most susceptible of that short list is Semillon. And according to the Oxford Wine Companion, Semillon on average is about 80% of an estate's mix of varieties, a French word called encépagement. So we have a wine region where winemakers and vine growers are hoping that their grapes are infected. There's this really great passage in the Sauternes entry in the Oxford Wine Companion that I need to read to you. It really kind of gives a sense of what this is like. In autumn, the cool spring-fed Ciron waters flow into the warmer tidal Gironde. Evening mists envelop the vineyards until late morning the following day. If the sun shines, it burns away the mist. The moist atmosphere encourages Botrytis cinera. The mist activates the spores in the vineyard, and alternating sunshine completes the desiccation. I mean, that just sums it up. That amazing thing going on inside the grape, creating compounds that when made into a sweet wine, give it layers of complexity, viscosity, and that wonderful sort of nutmeg flavor, which is a compound called solitonin. But like, you know, nature doesn't clock in and clock out. <laughs> nature is very unpredictable. And even though this microclimate encourages this fungus to happen pretty much, well, almost all the time, there are years where it doesn't develop in certain places. There are years where it develops too late. So the, the practice here is pretty unique to the area in that harvest often requires multiple passes through the vineyard over multiple weeks where as this Botrytis cinera is solidifying, desiccating, and doing its work, you're running through the vineyard picking the best grapes you can at any given pass. And as this happens, there are certain areas where the noble rot gets away from itself and becomes something called gray rot and is actually not good for the sweet wines. So you have to eliminate the gray rot 
variety, the gray rot grapes, and you have to maintain and harvest the noble rot grapes. It's pretty wild. And what's really awesome is that at harvest, when these sweet when you taste these sweet wines from Sotern, you'll you'll notice they're very unctuous and they're sweet and they have viscosity, but they have a very good acidity to them, keeping them bright and fresh on the palate, even though they're sweet like and viscous. And that is because during these harvest times, they also grab grapes that are shriveled but don't necessarily have the botrytis infection, so their acidity holds. And that is Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc does a lot of that. So you're harvesting Sauvignon. You're harvesting Sauvignon Blanc, harvesting maybe Sauvignon Gris and maybe some Muscadel, making this one of the longest harvests in France. I read that this is one of the only regions in France where they have to hold vineyard workers for quite some time. And the, I mean, even more craziness is there is, it's very costly to make this wine and the yields are always very low, sometimes not at all. There are some times when vintages are so bad that winemakers have to just make their wine into dry white wine and sell it as General Bordeaux AOC. Not only that, but because of the product, the material being used to make this wine, the maximum yields are actually restricted to about 1.4 tons per acre or 25 hectoliters per hectare, sometimes as low as 9 hectoliters per hectare. Just to give you an example, in, in Medoc and Semillon, the average is 45 hectoliters per hectare. And then in addition to that, the wine usually ages between 18 and 36 months in barrel. But I got to say, when you have a Sautern, whether it's from any of the five communes, Sautern itself and Barsac seem to be the most popular on our American market. When you taste one of these wines balanced, it's beyond anything you've ever experienced on your palate ever. It's just amazing. You have this, it's sweet, undeniably sweet, but... As your palate and brain are going, oh man, this is a sweet wine, the acidity comes in, cleans the wine up, and the it's just so beautiful. Actually, I have a hard time explaining it because you really have to experience it yourself. So if you've heard about Sauternes and always wondering what it was about, if you always wanted to try it, this is a little crash course on this region of Bordeaux that is absolutely unique in itself. It's its own entity, and it's fascinating. Okay, next week we're going to the Rhone. Talk to you next week. Vine Pair Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. Ian J. Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pair's Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide spectrum of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wine. Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but this is a wine podcast. Whether you are new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. 
Visit thebarrelroom.com today to find your next favorite, where shipping is available.